Welcome to the Movie Buff Podcast, Episode 8. My name is Mark from the Movie Buff, and joining me is Matt, content creator and film critic for the site hey, of all. What? Hey, Mark. Hey, man. How's it going? It's going good. Yeah. I'm you- bored in my house, and uh, yeah, looking forward to talking about some movies, because i got nothing else going on. So <laughs> I know. Well, tell us, tell us about the, the, the quarantine. How's it, how's it hitting you? Um, it's getting pretty pretty boring um especially with the weather starting to get nice and kind of i don't know just i'm over it so i'm hoping that the reopen will work and we'll have to take it from there and see what happens yeah i mean it's been uh with the with the weather being wintery it's been really depressing i'm glad today was actually 70 degrees and normal normal temperature for may <laughs> normal normal up until the tornado or whatever that hit about an hour ago it was a tempest uh monsoon <laughs> rain coming in sideways and it was pretty bad i know i got scared for a minute but then i uh i remember the podcast and it, it made me feel safe well i mean there you go <laughs> okay uh, anyway so we'll we'll break into it and um this month at the movie buff has been man movie may Matt, i don't know if you remember how many years we've been doing this far i can't remember um, I want to say it's the fifth because I think we started in 2015. Wow. Okay. We did. We didn't do it as long as we've been doing the Halloween though. Yeah. No. This was something we came up with when we were in your apartment in Albany, Danker <laughs> Village, and That's, looking yes. for something to do. We had Mom Movie March, and then ended up doing uh, Man Movie May. Uh, correct. Okay. Well. Um, anyways, we've devoted. The entire month talking about action heroes and action movies and, you know, high-energy man movies. And Although this month we have a couple of tough female kick-ass films as well. i got to post Kill Bill this weekend. I've never seen Kill Bill. Oh, wow. They're good. If you like a lot of violence. And uh, the second one's more introspective than the first one is. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. But for this podcast, we're going to just narrow it down to an old-fashioned action class that can talk about... First Blood, starring Sylvester Stallone. Now, Matt, the original know, Rambo movie. The only, well, you could argue the only Rambo movie. <laughs> the only one I've seen to date. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, it's definitely different in terms of what he became, you know. Um, this is a very strange movie. but um, So anyways, I just I wrote down that it was released in 1982 and obviously stars Stallone, who I believe helped on this script. Um, Brian Dennehy... Richard Crenna, Bill McKinney, I spotted David Caruso in, did, in the absolutely. cast. What's that? He is absolutely in it. He's about 20 years old. Yeah. Like, that stands out like a sore thumb. But. With that red-haired ginger, just like me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and anyways, the film is about a you know a veteran Green Beret named John Rambo, played by Stallone, who makes his way through a small town, harassed by the local police, led by, you know, Dennehy's Teasel, I believe his name is, right? Will Teasel. Will yeah. Teasel. Um, you know, it's, but you know, it's being pushed around. Rambo lashes out, goes on the run, and it escalates into an all-out war. I believe the National Guard is eventually <laughs> nodded to come in and help. Um, and you know, movie obviously explores war, stress, and trauma, and the Vietnam War culture. Um, but you wrote the review for this, Matt. Why don't you you want to start off and tell us 
what you thought about or whatever you wanted to talk about about First Blood. Yeah, I mean, I, I love this movie. It's it's on the edge of being in my top 50. Um, wow. I just, I remember watching it when I was a kid, just seeing it on uh, TV one day, and, like, I loved Brian Dennehy's performance, and I think that was, like, the first thing that really spoke to me when I saw it, just how, you know, how good of an actor he was in that role. And as I kind of got older and watched it more and more, like, what I really like about it is that it's a Rambo movie, but if you were to, you know, if you were to picture Rambo, you think of Sylvester Stallone with, you know, the bow and arrow, or he's got the big knife, you know, and this is just so different because it's an actual, like a film. It's not just mindless violence. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of ridiculous action and stuff, but only one person dies in the entire movie. And it's not even Rambo's fault. And, you know, it's just probably not what you would think of when you think of this. You know, you think, oh, it's a high body count or it's just a bunch of, you know, people blowing up or whatever. And it's just a really good movie. And it's short. I mean, it's an hour, 33 minutes. So it goes really fast from start to finish. And just, I don't know, it's really, it's really good. I love the setting of, of uh, it's set in the fictitious Hope, Hope Washington. Which is obviously actually, symbolic, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was actually filmed in a town called Hope, um, British Columbia. So it's a little bit further north where they of where they were filming, but I just love the Pacific Northwest. That oh yeah. The feeling. Really... I mean, oh, it's just, it's so good. The Christmas decorations. It's a Christmas movie. I think it's right up there with Die Hard. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it's interesting that you're bringing that up. Like what, what Rambo would become. Like you were talking about this and I just had to look it up quick in the, um, let's see, just, so I don't talk out of school. The Rambo film that came out in 2008. Uh, the body count is 236. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think that's what people think of when they think of Rambo, but it, it, this movie is just so much different than that. You know, all of the flash, like all of the Vietnam scenes are just flashbacks. Yeah. It's not actually, you know, him there. I mean, and I don't know, I just think it's really cool. And it's so close to the end of Vietnam that it, you know, I, I'm sure people back then, it would have had a different, uh, a different take on that. You know, for us, it's like, yeah, we sort of know how bad Vietnam was, but we didn't actually live through it. You know, this was in 1982. It was only seven years after the war ended. So yeah. it would have been a lot more impactful. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that, I think you brought that up in your, in your review that the kind of like mistreatment that, that Rambo gets for that, it's, it's so far removed from the support our troops post 9-11 culture that we have exactly you know it's like he gets you know crapped on by the cops um even the woman that he goes that was i don't know i can't figure out who that woman was was she friends with his ex um company oh, in the member? beginning yeah, yeah she was the wife of his last surviving friend from his platoon oh was he actually supposed to be the wife okay yeah, and uh, so then he finds out right away that his friend died, and you can kind of tell that he was, like, hoping to, you know, maybe stay with the friend or something. He's got all of his belongings in a bag, and he just kind of walks in and then finds out that his last friend is dead. Yeah. And then he just, you know, he loses hope, pun intended, and he, you know, just kind of <laughs> wanders and ends up there. And, you know, there's a great little, like, a subtle scene, which I didn't even notice at first. Okay. But when I, I watched it again with the commentary, and Sylvester Stallone pointed it out, when he turns around to leave he actually has like his address book in his hand and he just kind of casually tosses it in the fire and it's like at that moment it's like he has nothing what you know, fire no, where, no family, where was no a friends. fire what's that man you blinked out where where was a fire i didn't catch that scene 
Yeah, I, I didn't notice it at, at first. It's at the very beginning, when, right after he leaves from talking to her, there's, okay. you know, they have like a fire pit in their backyard and he just walks by and tosses the note in, you know, the address in. Wow. And it's like, you know, yeah, he has nothing at this point, He's, you know, and it's just, it's so, it's really powerful and it's, it's sad and just, I don't know, it's, it's great. No, it, it is. Like, I think it's, it's, it's more, it's like this, I, I don't, you watch this movie and my first result reaction was like, I don't know what to th- what to think about it because it's not it's not an it's not really an action movie at all it's not it's not doesn't that the action isn't highlighted as like the selling point of the film it's kind of like this weird indie thing that just wanders into like strange territory um stallone's clearly not i hope this isn't like an affront but not as good of an actor as as dennehy <laughs> But he's, it's good because he doesn't have a lot of dialogue in it. And, you know, I think he plays it well, um, just kind of being, you know, the, the sort of tough guy who's yeah. sort of, I think, I, you know, he speaks through his eyes, you know, his expression. And then that scene at the end when he's doing that that dialogue, like the very end of the movie, is that was pretty amazing, I thought. I, I loved the the first part of that that dialogue where he's yelling at, at Troutman. Um, about sending him to the war and the people at the airport harassing him and who are they to to protest me and yeah. that whole thing. When he started like slinking on the ground and like kind of like muttering about, I don't know, it was hard to hear. Um, <laughs> and like the fr- <laughs> the friend he lost or whatever and, and got blown up in the war and he starts crying right before he gives himself up. Um, I thought it went on a little bit too long. I don't know how you felt about that. I, I that part I love it. I mean, I think that's the that, like that's the part that makes him actually be really good, you know, in the role is that he finally gets to actually do do something where he's talking a little bit, and I think he sells it well. Yeah, I mean, he's. I know some people like said that like the movie was already told through visuals and that wasn't necessary. I thought the I thought the scene was really good. Honestly, I the one the one the critique I had was like in the beginning when when Teasel drives him to the bridge or whatever and like he just gets turns around and comes back <laughs> um, <laughs> I, it's like at that part of the movie it actually seemed like smart assy but like only by watching the whole film do you understand that he's just had enough abuse from everybody and he's just not going to take it anymore you know I, I wonder if that could have been built up a little bit more before that scene I don't know yeah, I mean, I think it kind of goes hand in hand with like what we were talking about with the the friend's wife, you know, because at this point he has just has nothing left, and then it's almost as if he's you know kind of like he's looking for a fight, you know. I mean, he has every right to be walking down the street without being escorted out of the town like that, you know. But he also kind of knows, I think, that how to push the buttons of those cops. Yeah, and you know, he sort of does it and. It's it's hard because I I wrote that down and it's like a, it's kind of probably, it's probably kind of a stupid question but I'm like I'm like trying to like just like figure out what is what what Teasel's like motivation is for the way he acts towards so, Rambo. Yeah, like so another thing I learned from the the commentary which is like something that I think they could have maybe shown better because I missed it watching the movie but Teasel is a Korean War veteran, and I know from, like, my father was in the Korean War, and, like, 
they, they have like a rivalry with the Vietnam War people because everyone talks about the Korean or the Vietnam War. You know, nobody ever talks about the Korean War. And it's wow. Okay. Like, you know, the, the protesting from the 60s, you know, which is everyone knows, you know, how the counterculture was developed around the Vietnam War. And the people in the Korean War, it was almost like that generation of people, you know, that's just a few years after World War Two. And it's like, you know, these people just gave up what they had to went to war because that's what the duty called for. And they came back and didn't want all the fanfare that got, you know, the Vietnam War vets didn't want that either, but they got it. So I think that's a big part of it. And I know there's a part where Teasel's at his desk and like, if you look behind him, it shows like um, a medal, but they really don't emphasize that enough. It's not, you know, it's, it's not emphasized at all. There's not like a camera shot lingering on like a yeah, anything. It, yeah. And I really, I really think that would have been a lot better because he does come across as like, he's just a jerk and it doesn't, you know, kind of doesn't make any sense, but yeah. in reality it's, you know, he's from a different generation and, you know, he sees Rambo and the way he looks at the beginning and, you know, he's just kind of, he's speaking for himself. He's not speaking for the whole town when he's, you oh, know, he's yeah. we don't want you here, but it's kind of, I think the generational thing and then the, the divide between the two wars is, is something it's played out in the novel, but not, okay. not really shown in the movie. So that's, that's interesting. Cause he doesn't, cause like, especially when he's talking to, when he's talking to, to Trump, he doesn't, he doesn't come off as military to me. You know, he, he, he acts like he's not one of them. Diesel, you mean? Yeah. yeah, when he really is, you know. That's yeah, right. He comes across like he's just. I mean, at first, I think he was just kind of a jerk, and then as it escalates further and further, you know, his friend is the guy that falls off the falls out of a helicopter and dies. You know, and he right. says like, well, "We've been friends for twenty years." And they, you could probably assume that maybe they served together or something in the war, and you know, so oh, really okay. close, and then it just keeps escalating, and neither one of them want to back down and admit that they're, you know that they could have resolved it a lot better, but yeah. it just escalates into, you know, explosions and mayhem. <laughs> I mean, that that scene when, like, after Troutman arrives, where Teasel's going on this rant about how if there's a problem, if if one, if somebody in his uh, his prison maltreats a, a prisoner and the prisoner comes to me and I, I fix the situation, and I'm yeah. like, that's not at all how you would act, and you actually <laughs> instigated this from... You know, the yeah, that, that's kind of a load of crap because, yeah, we see him starting it, you know, right from the beginning. Yeah. You know, hey, where are uh, you going? Well, I'm looking for something to eat. Then we'll hop in, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, honestly, I think, that, I think that was my favorite favorite line in the whole movie when, when Trotman's having a beer in the bar after um, he assumes Rambo's dead. And, and then he says uh, – or Teasel admits that he was like, I wanted to kill Rambo. I wanted to kill him so bad I could taste it. And then, and then, and then Troutman goes, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really sit well with that badge, does it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's really introspective and interesting. Yeah. It's almost like in the book, Teasel would have been a deeper character with, with more reasoning. And in the movie, they just kind of turn him into a bad guy, you know, to make it more simple. I mean, and I think it works, but I love, I love that scene too when the guy has that straight edge razor and yeah. Rambo just like flashes back to the, well, yeah. to the Vietnam thing and it's like oh man it's so like you put that razor down man you're gonna get hurt <laughs> yeah I mean that that part was great and I I love I 
I'm laughing now, but I love afterwards where they, they ran the guy's or Rambo's information and found out he was a, a Green Beret war hero. And and then and then Crusoe's like, I knew there was something about that guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's such bad writing that I can't <laughs> Caruso and his, yeah, I loved um, the names of those small town cops. It was Orville, Mitch, like Buford. They all have these really ridiculous names. <laughs> Orville, Mitch. Yeah, you think you mentioned that in the review? And I was like, I think that was also like, and I can't figure this one that one part out. Like when the National Guard shoots the missile at the mine, and and Troutman is just looking at the mine, and he he gives like a, a knowing glance at the time. I thought he was like paying his last respects to Rambo because he thought he was dead, but then you realize he probably knew he wasn't dead. Yeah, of course. You know, but that part is so great when he's like, the like, yeah, John Rambo, decorated, you know, decorated war hero, wins the Congressional Medal of, of Honor, you know, survives multiple incursions behind enemy lines, <laughs> killed for vagrancy in Jerkwater, USA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Jerkwater, it's the perfect small town name. <laughs> When I feel like after, at about that point, when Troutman shows up is when it sort of becomes more of a Rambo movie, because then there's a lot of, you know, explosions and, and ridiculous weaponry and stuff, and that awesome, like, shootout at the end. Yeah, the M60, although, like, it's, it's kind of fuzzy to me what he was doing shooting up the town at that point. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's just the post-traumatic stress thing. I think well, it was just at that point he snapped. Yeah, I mean, but here's, here's yeah, maybe you're right, because I was trying to analyze it, like, Realistically, and like, so he's he's smart enough to know that they shot a, a rocket launcher at him, and they probably think he's dead. Um, and he gets out of the brush, and he could have just walked out of town and left. And he like jumps into that barracks truck and then throws the guy out and lets him live. I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> Well, that, that's kind of the cool thing. Like when he's doing the uh, the booby traps on all of Teasel's men at the beginning, like yeah. he he could have killed you know any of them at any time, you know, and he doesn't because he's not he's not actually a murderer at this point. You know, I know I know he eventually is probably going to become one in part two, part three, part four, part you know. But well, I mean, in, in those movies, they're just they're standard action films. I mean, he goes to like. You know, I wouldn't call him a murderer. He goes to enemy lines and rescues prisoners of war and kills aggressors. You know, it's not like he's murdering innocent people. Oh, I, I can't wait to watch those. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't seen him in so long. Uh, we we have a review of First Blood Part Two posting soon, but <laughs> um, the first two and three are very similar, and then four I think didn't take place till two thousand six, and. and that's the one in Burma where I, I, I read had the 200. I mean, so there's 500 from Wiki or fandom, rambo.fandom.com. There's 500. Keep track of the death count? Yeah, 552 deaths from Rambo's hand. 236 of them take place in just one movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, how to, yeah, I mean, he clearly became that just, you know, they saw Rambo, uh, first blood and they're like, Ooh, franchise. <laughs> Let's just make him. This. Yeah. Because I, I, Rambo dies at the end of the book. And, you know, so obviously they didn't do that because they wanted, they had an idea. Who, who, <laughs> kill, who, kills, who kills them? Um, is it, I want to say that Troutman might shoot him. I'm not sure. That would make sense if he just 
put him out of his misery because he couldn't contain him anymore. I should read the book. Yeah, that would be very interesting. I mean, that's how it should end, honestly. But then that would have been, uh, you know, then there wouldn't have been uh, the 253 uh, website count of how many people he's killed. <laughs> yeah, I just looked it up. Uh, let's see. Um, I don't know. Um, oh, I gotta look, I gotta read more into it. But it, it looks like he gets in a skirmish with uh, Troutman and Teasel. Um, yeah. And Teasel manages to shoot Rambo in the chest. Um, so Teasel does it. Wow. <laughs> wow. I gotta read this book. You've not, you haven't read it. No. Oh, but I'd like to now. <laughs> I, need, I need to order it. David yep. <laughs> David Morrell. I don't know uh, how much it is on Amazon. Probably not much. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking that's yeah, probably a 99 cent used one you could find. <laughs> I'll look on Apple Books and see if it's available. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just a honestly, it's just a good movie. Very, it's. I felt like it, you thought it was flowed easily. I thought it was a little bit too long. Um, too long? Oh my god! That um, I love the score, but at the end when he starts singing the vocals to it, I'm like, what are you doing? It's such a cheesy song. <laughs> Actually, I, I don't really, I didn't pay attention to any of the score in it. I don't, like, think that I could tell you any of the songs or any no, of the it's music. Not, you know? There's no songs. It's just a, I don't know who did it, actually. I have to look it up, but it's an instrumental score. They play the same thing at certain points of the film, and then at the end, there's, like, a song that is the same thing but with vocals. It's very subtle. If it, if yeah. It, oh, yeah, here is uh, yeah, Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah, it's very. You should you should listen to it. You should download it. I don't check that out. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, so that that's first blood. I mean, do you have anything else you want to add, buddy? I mean, like, just think of how cool it is that Sylvester Stallone is two of the most iconic man movie characters of all time. You know, he's Rocky and Rambo. I don't think any other. Any other actor has more than one. You know, it's like Schwarzenegger's the Terminator, but that's really all he's yeah, got. No, they're you know, I mean, Stallone's Bruce responsible. Willis is die hard, and that's it. But Stallone's got two, and they're so iconic. Yeah, I mean, Stallone wrote Rocky, co-wrote Rambo. Um, it was responsible for reviving the action genre with the Expendables. He's like, he's just like a way more talented than give him, he's given credit for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Rambo. I haven't seen the last Rambo that just came out last year. I thought I'll have to do that soon and see if it's any good. <laughs> I think he's now in his 70s. It probably can't be that good. But, yeah, I know. No one wants to see a 70-year-old guy shooting up people. It's just ridiculous at this, this point. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this movie, had, the first one has a that, that element of just like a tortured just tortured guy, you know, and I was remarked, like, this is just a ridiculous thing to say, but when he, like, took his shirt off, and I'm like, he's skinny. Yeah, he's <laughs> not, you know, he's not, he's fit, but he's not, like, you know, the rock or anything. He's not, just yeah. kind of, like, a fit-looking guy. Yeah, I mean, now, still, I'm not now, but, like, well, the Expendables, I mean, he's, he's ridiculously huge and thick, you know, he's, like, a skinny guy back then, I'm like, yeah, you know, um, anyway, so that's, that's First Blood, and do you have anything else you want to add? Um, no, not really. I think we covered it. It's, yeah. Uh, just, I think it's a really, really good movie. And um, it it's, can be enjoyed as a man movie or it can be enjoyed just as a film. You know, I think I, it's just, it's got the power to do both things. I, I agree. It's a high recommend from both, both man and Mark and the movie buff. 
Um, we're not Roger Ebert and Richard Roper, but we could give it, or Cisco, two thumbs up, you know, if you want. Oh, geez, what did Roger Ebert say about it? Oh, I, I don't, I mean, I'd have to look. I'm just saying they had that two thumbs up show. I was just being silly. Uh, Ebert first blood. I think he just didn't like the, he didn't like the, the dialogue at the end. He gave it three out of four stars. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't right. like, but anyways, he's a, you know, you know how those critic types are. Oh, I'm aware. We, we, we try to be different. <laughs> um, but I will just, I will just add that, uh, you know, thanks again for, for joining us and you can find us online at the moviebuff.net. Uh, our podcast is on iTunes and SoundCloud, also on Facebook and Twitter. And we will hope to see you guys soon.